I'm up in Ypsilanti, Michigan today, and uh, I have discovered one primary thing. People still smoke. Whoa. There's, there's a lot of smoking going on. And I mean, a lot more than I'm relative to zero. And, 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 and it's happening up here. They also have, uh, there's a lot of reeds in, in the, uh, the kind of ponds by the side of the highway. Lots of reed action. That's fun. <laughs> and um, I'm, I, I actually saw, I'd never seen him talk before. I saw a, uh, the keynote by Jeffrey Liker, who wrote The Toyota Way and various other Toyota books. It was actually like, like for, as, uh, for as goofy as a presenter as he is, it was, it was great. It was, it was a good talk. Like he had problems with getting the slides all up and running. There was this great moment where they got the, uh, the laptop fixed up. And then he's like, well, this clicker's still not working. Um, it's because I unplugged it. But, you know, he just obviously, and he said, what did he say? He said, at the end, he was trying to find, uh, like, who was in charge to kind of, like, close. Oh, the Marriott gods are not being kind. <laughs> That's a great free sc- screen. We should definitely screenshot that. That's that should be the uh... done. <laughs> oh, so, okay. And oh, oh, he's gone. How about if I turn the video off? Does that work better? It probably helps. Uh, we can we can edit that out or leave it in because I got a great screenshot to go with it. <laughs> good, good. We'll just see what happens. So we were, we were at uh, earlier this week, Matt Ray. We were at DevOps Days Austin. What's your yep. review of that? Uh, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was good. Um, a lot of really good content. Uh, it seemed like they you know, they had more, more content than previous years. There were, uh, the Centennial Room had the, the container track, the culture track, mm-hmm. they had the main stage, they had all the little breakout rooms, a lot of content. Uh, that was good. It was, I think I heard 550, 600 people, something like that. So wow. they added another 200 people over the last one. Um, wow. but, uh, you know, it, uh, good content. Um, there were really good food. Um, but, uh, I did hear some, some grumbling about the, uh, the, the venue itself, um, being up at the UT stadium, uh, it was hard to, hard to find. Um, and then, uh, a little spread out, um, people, people don't like to get their daily exercise going from talk to talk. Uh, oh. but, <laughs> So I just want to be clear. Did you say the venue, as in the stadium, was hard? Yes. To <laughs> am I like? Am I like? Is it not like the stadium of like a hundred thousand people that is visible from several miles away? Yeah, but but it's right next to that other stadium where they play soccer. <laughs> no, I, I meant like finding the entrance, and you know, when I got there, I was like where do I park again? You know, we had to pull up the website and they had good instructions. I just forgot to read them before I left to get there. I mean, I think, I think the intra navigating at UT Uh, can be confusing. That That actually does. Where do I park? Like it can, am I going to get towed? Right. Like, or uh, like then, then I got to go into this gate and go up this elevator. Basically they had it at the, as far as I could tell the top tier lounge. I don't know what you, you sports ball people call it. But it was sort of like, you know, like as if you were at an airport lounge and, and you, you went into that. So there was like bars. And then we went into another one. The Centennial Room seemed like the, the lower tier lounge, right? Like it was, you had the, you had, there was actually like concrete floors instead of carpeted floors that you had to traverse at some point. Whereas this other one, you could have pretty much only ever exposed yourself to just carpeted floors to watch yourself a football game. Yeah. But it was nice. Yeah, and and the weather was a good. Day. It was yeah, it was it was fine. So, so you mentioned like good content. Like so, for those of us who didn't go, we were too lazy to drive the uh, you know, four miles to to actually attend. Like, like give me the best presentation. Like, what was what was good? What they say? Uh, well, the uh, the opening keynote the second day uh, from uh, the chief security officer for American Airlines that was pretty good. Um, the you know, I, I didn't see all the talks. Um, they're they're being quickly rendered and, and uploaded onto Vimeo. Uh, maybe we can put a link in the show. Vimeo, come on. I, I don't know why that's where they go, but that's where they go. Um, <sighs> this is my tip for all the conference organizers. Just put it in YouTube. You don't put it in Vimeo. Because if, if you put it in YouTube, everyone else is there, and then you can make playlists and do all sorts of things like that. Whereas you put it in Vimeo, it's like, what do I do with this? Right? Like you're just in the... The Vimeo ghetto. (laughs) 
And Vimeo no longer sponsors the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, um, I guess there's probably a, uh, a network effect going on there where people just like, why would you put it any, anywhere but YouTube? There's probably yeah. a Vimeo reason, right? It, it used to be you could download the MP4 directly from Vimeo, but yeah. now you can do that on YouTube. You so. can? Well, I think so. I mean, nah. if not, then you can find a little bookmarklet that lets you do it because I do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, but you have to get like a browser plugin that you know pulls the stuff, and then you know YouTube periodically breaks it because they don't want people pulling content off their site. You know, I don't know. I don't know, Matt. <laughs> I just like I'm to just say, saying. hey guys, I was just this is a preview. Wait for the recommendations. Uh, I've got a site I'm gonna recommend. That solves the problem. Oh yeah, yeah. So Thanks for those of you, um, you know, go ahead and you can fast forward about forty minutes. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to talk about that. Right, you know, always my favorite talk said DevOps days is the culture talk. So has anything changed on the culture? And I mean, that's like always the part I get excited for. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I gave, I gave a talk in the culture talk. I don't oh, I yeah. Mean, and, I feel like yeah. there wasn't a lot of change. I had some new slides and new jokes, but it's pretty much the same stuff. The same? Okay. I, I, I think they, they, had, uh, they had Ernest Mueller give an opening keynote, and he you know, mentioned that uh, there was a lot of over-rotating on culture. And so they had tried to emphasize having more tools and things like that. I don't know. The, the Austin people tend to always have a lot of security stuff because there's, there's like security-minded hey, teams. Hey, come yeah. on, pays the bills. Let's not. Yeah, like, so that's fine. Let's yeah. not degrade that, you know. Like like Matt Ray, so we had a table there, uh, and you know, so I spent a lot of time there. Even though we had a huge team of pivotal people, there's a lot of locals who came out. That was nice, but I didn't really go attend very many of the talks. I saw Ernest talk, and then I walked by when someone had pictures of like an old like uh, uh, man of war ship up on the screen. That looked entertaining. And that's it, that's uh, about all I knew. Pete Cheslock's Fossa talk. Sure, I don't yeah. know. That's a good talk. It, it, I, I, I didn't even get to see Matt Ray's talk. Uh, I, was it, wasn't it about compliance? Yes. Real, real heartthrob. Oh, oh my talk. goodness. What are we talking now? What, what kind of compliance are we talking? Oh, are yeah. Doing? Brandon's excited now. Now yeah, you're thinking on, you should have been there. Hold on. Hold on now. You can count this as work. Let's talk. Let's <laughs> so, so I gave a talk on uh, compliance as code. Uh, my slides are up. The recording should be up soon. Um, right. compliance is not the same thing as security. Uh, security is like, you know, the actual nuts and bolts of, of, you know, tightening things down and compliance is making sure that somebody actually went through and tightened things down. Um, but, uh, you know, my talk went pretty well. I, uh, I blew through 70 slides in 22 minutes. Whoa. <laughs> Did you do that like classic style thing where you're like, it's like one word a slide or what? No, I, 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 I I'm too lazy to do like, uh, transitions and stuff in, in PowerPoint. So I, uh, I just have, you know, multiple slides oh, that build up. Go, so I cheated. Down. I probably only had like 50, 55. You've got, you've got like an animated GIF spread across 50 slides. <laughs> three rocks slowly being piled on top of each other. Those yes. smooth gray rocks. It's yeah. kind of interesting yeah. marketing. You said behind them. 70 slides in 20 minutes. Like 70 slides, normally I'd be like, run, I would never go to that presentation. But because you capped it in 20 minutes, you'd be like, all right, that's a lot of talking. Well, yeah, and I, I, I had a 30-minute slot, so I, I took time for questions at the end. and um, But uh, it, it was well-received. I had uh, two people told me that uh, the talk made the whole conference for them. So apparently, oh. apparently bankers like compliance. Get that. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh it, it was definitely definitely a good good conference uh you know um they uh they had a lot of a lot of good food even the vegetarian food was pretty good got uh got my name on the buffet or on the uh, the vegetarian table um yes <laughs> and, so, so i you know i i would also say it was great to to talk to lots of listeners who came up that was fun so that's enjoyable. Now, now here's, here's two pieces of constructive criticism for people who put on uh, conferences and DevOps days. And just, uh, you know, you're not supposed to care about money and vendors, but the, it's the money. Sort of like the infamous Silicon Valley DevOps days conference last year. There was this weird offshoot where all the vendor tables were, right? And it was actually kind of okay because they would serve lunch there. And it wasn't that far off, like in the Computer History Museum for the Silicon Valley one. So there was, there was, it was about half good as respect to traffic, right? And people actually came up there. We had a lot of great conversations. So all, overall, the outcome was good. But 
it would have been nice if the happy hour was served in the vendor area. Right? Yeah. That, that, was, that was kind of a bummer. And, uh, you know, I had to control my drinking uh, to make sure that I didn't, I didn't like go to drinking to, to get me less upset about that. And the margaritas <laughs> they made were substantial. I also talked with, with the, uh, the head, I guess he was the head bartender because he actually had like a little name badge and everything. And he said that, that they had sprung for the Texas package. Oh, which, that's why it was all like deep eddy and Tito's and like local drinks like that. And I asked him if there was a, if there was one higher and he was like, well, not really. There's like the, the super premium, but this is, this is, this is pretty good selection that they had. So they sprung for some, for some good drinks Yeah, and uh, they had so many types of red wine that every time I asked for one, I would confuse the bartender by like asking for the Malbec. He would, have, he would have to like look at the bottle and figure out which one it was. Oh, wow. So he's like, you, you want the, the 2006 or the 2008? Uh, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Something well, like that. Yes. So, it, was, so, uh, it was all from, uh, what is it, Lano or Yano Vineyards? I forget which one has the wizard wine. You ever get that wine? I think it's Lano. No, Lano is a really cheap. It's, it's uh, whichever one. There's one of these wines that we, we started calling it wizard wine because it's got a picture of like a guy sitting there. And if you read the side, it says that he, his nickname was the wizard. So, you know, wizard wine. Anyways, so what you want to do, having the lunch buffet line with the vendor area is fantastic, but you got to have the drinks over there too. You want to associate positive pitches about gathering money with people being happy because they're a little buzzed. So you got to move that over. Uh, maybe, the other thing that they did, yeah. the other thing they did was a little weird is there was, if you imagine a big hallway, like, so it's a stadium. So it's basically we had, or not we, but DevOps stays had maybe like, let's say a third of, of an oval, right? An oval hallway. And for some inexplicable reason, they got a big black curtain and covered up most of the hallway in front of where you would go to the vendors as if to say, we don't want you to see what's back here and maybe not even go back here. <laughs> so that was a little weird. All I'm saying, this is like now, now that I'm involved on the, uh, the sponsoring side of conferences and stuff, I always just like to emphasize, you know, the reason we have a table there is not only because we love the community and all this stuff, but because we want to hustle. And so whatever impediments there are, I understand that we can't scan badges and get leads and that's all fine and dandy. But like, you know, it'd be nice not to have a black curtain. <laughs> There's a bunch well, of chuckle on this side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's good. I mean, I, I that's, that's valid criticism. Um, you know, we, uh, we gave away a lot of swag. I don't know if we got a lot of leads, uh, you know, without like a scanner or anything. It was a lot of, you know, handing out cards yeah. and hoping, but it's yeah. not an expensive conference. Um, so that's good. No, 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 no. At the end of the day, the analysis is all still positive. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. you know, yeah. Always. When, when, when you want, when you want to really angle up the hockey stick of awesomeness, you, you get as many like angles of upwardness as you can. Ah, well, something. And, and I saw the news today. I, I don't think P Pivotal needs to hustle too hard at the DevOps days. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll be going to even more. Oh, That's right. yeah. Yeah, that was exciting. Now, now that I'm off here in the, uh, not the sales field, but just the abroad, like I'm not intimately tied to all the happenings in the company. So it looks like we got a huge chunk of money from like uh, Microsoft and Ford, among others. So yeah. that's fun. Good for us. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think last time Chef raised uh, around, people were you know congratulating us, and it's like, really, it's just you were you know rewarded with a bigger mortgage, right? You know, it's like somebody decided that your company was worth giving you you know a bigger mm. balloon payment. <laughs> so you you know you, you gotta not only do you have this big chunk of money, but now you have to go out and, and you know pay it back, you know, because nobody gives you money for free. So. Uh, but I, you guys are on a good upward trajectory, I'm sure. So, yeah, and there's there's updated like momentum figures in there about uh, you know named companies we sell to and what our run rate is and stuff like that. So you can go look up all that and see all our exciting momentum. I, I have it overly categorized for the show notes. Oh, okay. Well, save it for for the readers to go and and dive in. But so Ypsilanti, how's that? Yeah, it starts out? with the Y. <laughs> It's it, the, 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 the resort is called, let's see, the Ann Arbor Marriott Eagle Claw Ypsilanti. Is it Eagle Claw or Eagle Nest? Oh, I'm sorry. Eagle Crest. Ooh. But it's funny that it's Ann Arbor Ypsilanti. They want, it, it's like they're doing like meat space SEO on like trying to get all the good names in there. 
take me to the the Ann Arbor uh, Eagle Crest. Oh wait, wait. You mean the Ipsilanti one? Both of them. And isn't isn't Eagle Crest like? Doesn't that sound very austere? Sounds like a, it sounds nice, like a very Chevy Chase kind of place. <laughs> that's that's the name of my father in law's ranch. <laughs> Eagle Crest. <laughs> <laughs> it's not much of a ranch, but uh, you know, he he has these uh, dreams of becoming the LBJ type, you know, gentleman rancher. Gentleman rancher. Yeah. You know, I I had a uh, I had a junior high teacher, Mr. Sullivan, and he he was always telling me about him and his brother had this place called the No Cow Ranch, which sounded just about my speed. That seems like a good setup. <laughs> how many how many cows do they have there at the Eagle Crest Ranch? Five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's got a couple longhorns. Um, I think there's like a miniature donkey, maybe two or three goats. It's like it's like I, t- I, I, I tell people who mention the joke in your shirt a lot, right? Like, well, I don't know. Where I'm from, lots of people have cows as pets. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah all the animals have names. It's essentially a petting zoo of animals that don't want you around. So what's the story? Is like five the magic number for like a tax break or something, or is it just? Uh, I have no number? idea. I, you know, it, the the number varies over the years. Uh, you know, um, cows have baby cows, and uh, you know, coyotes eat eat things. Um, circle of life. Circle of life. Akuna matata. Yeah, but you know, they're they're essentially just hanging out on out in Wimberley. I have no idea what for. Now, I noticed, pivoting from Pivotal, that Pivotal was used in, in another way of analyzing. There was a picture of the ping pong tables there at the Howard Street office. And I didn't actually read this article, but you excerpted a fantastic diagram. And there, there, there's some sort of predictive relationship between ping pong table sales and VC deals. Is that right? <laughs> that's, that's what the, uh, the article in uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, was was saying that the decline in ping pong tables uh, is, is directly correlated with uh, the decline in VC dollars. Um, mm. I guess, you know, mm. people don't have their crazy VC to go out and spend, you know, $2,500 on the top of the line ping pong table. Um, you know, maybe we've just hit peak ping pong table. I mean, how many do you need? Right. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like, everybody's got one, right? Can't, it's not like they go bad. I mean, Yo, what what is the uh, replacement rate on ping pong tables? It, but you, hey, you know, the ping pong tables follow the same cycle, even in the startup. Like, so either path, the startup is doing really well and it grows, and then become playing ping pong sort of becomes looked down upon, or people are just legitimately busy. The workforce gets a little older, kids. So like the ping pong table kind of gets pushed to the side. Yeah. Or the alternative, the company isn't doing well. Uh, morale is low. People just want to leave and go drink beer or something. They don't want to be around the office. So therefore, the ping pong table does. So it's like either path of success leads you out of the ping pong phase. Exactly. It, I, so there's no way to really – there is no long-term ping pong table growth. It's, it is <laughs> at what I would call a replacement-level market at this point. Well, you know, um, I welcome a paucity of ping pongs because I always found the pressure to play ping pong to be like just terrible i i, I don't like i never like playing i don't think you ever played ping pong coach yeah I, I think i might have tried but it's just like the problem is with ping pong is like people get good at it and then like you go to play them and, and it, the game's over before you've even figured out which side of the paddle you're supposed to hit the ping pong with like it's it's it's, it's kind of like like foosball turns into you try to mm-hmm. you try to play people with foosball and they're just like I, they're just crazy it's it's like it does it doesn't work. It's not it's not relaxing. Maybe foosball tables are replacing the ping pong tables. Oh, oh may, maybe get that Horace Deju on this. Make one of these. <laughs> the, the actually the foosball table is is replacing the job to be done on the ping pong table. That's maybe how ping pong tables are being disrupted by I don't know PS fours. See, ping, ping pong is overserving the market. So there's a low entry that you can take advantage of to slowly climb up. The uh, the market stack with your foosball. I think we're in the trough of disillusionment disillusionment with ping pong right now. Well, I, hopefully I, it'll bounce back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. So yeah, I, I I think I think it's either maybe the article's right. Maybe people got better things to do than play ping pong. That's that's some deep hitting analysis for you. <laughs>
Uh, yes. Well, you know, speaking of analysis, there was some follow-up to the OpenStack Summit, if, if yeah. I remember. I think there was a pretty good post from a Gartner person, from Alan Waite over there, who I only vaguely know. And he, he laid out the case pretty well that Gartner does, in fact, not hate OpenStack. You, know, you, you can go read it. And uh, he kind of recaps things. And he, he even does some, uh, some, I guess there's Russians involved, so it's kind of funny. He does some criminology on tracking down this idea that, uh, I guess it's not really criminology because that's interpreting things between the lines, but whatever. Uh, he, he does some, some tracking down of where this notion came from and, fi- and, and, and I don't know, he, he, he supposes, he proposes that uh, it, it came from some Register article written a while ago that was kind of just loosely saying, oh, in a way they quoted him from a, from a talk he was doing about saying it's a science project and clarifies it. But it's all a fantastic example of the game of telephone that is sort of like thinking you know what's happening behind a paywall and, and uh, commenting on it. And then, and then, and then I was listening to the the speaking and tech conference, and they had a whole other view on on uh, on Lydia Leong being all upset about OpenStack, which was delightful. But apparently, there's some sort of weird relationship between OpenStack and Gartner that I had just sort of been ignorant of, and so that's uh, that's what the would you call them the cognoscenti, or are they still the technorati, whatever it is. <laughs> the, the, Remember tech meme, whatever. Not tech meme. What happened to technorati? That that was a weird site. Very instructive for a while. Was that, was that really a site? Yeah, wasn't it? That's where tags kind of started. Technorati. Or am I am I misremembering? Yeah, um, Technorati. It it had that uh, it had that like famous two thousand like Web two O person who's got a really hard to misspell name and and looks kind of like a like a bigger Ira Glass who worked there. <laughs> What's that that's, guy's that's name? some inside baseball right there. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of ping pong. Yeah. Anyways, but I, I I think it's I think it's worth going to read uh that Alan Waite piece, which is not behind the paywall. He he points to lots of things that are, but it kind of like helps explain his 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 position at least, which is pretty much I, I think I think it's uh it's it's a good position to have on OpenStack, which is like, well, you're gonna have to build and run it on your own. So make sure you wanna do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think a lot of the uh a lot of the criticism comes from, you know, overblown expectations and, you know, it's like, well, they're doing well, but they're not doing as well as, you know, public cloud. And then it's like, well, you know, it's like saying, yeah, you know, Apple's doing well with their watches, but they're not selling as many as iPods. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, the whole, uh, you know, it's you know, OpenStack is coming on and, uh, well, probably in about two or three weeks here, people start changing jobs. And, uh, yeah, another new releases are out. People keep upgrading. Now, thankfully, for the ping pong market, this might create ping pong pull because, you know, there'll be new companies forming that need a ping pong table. However, maybe if there's a downturn in the market, Craigslist will just kind of, you know, mop up all of the used ping pong tables. So what people are going to want to know is how do I evaluate a ping pong table? <laughs> sure. I used one. Uh, Is there a Carfax for ping pong? Sounds like a, a startup opportunity. <laughs> Go buy it a ball. Somebody's getting funded right now. Use ping pong tables. I, I think I think Pivotal took all the funding money. <laughs> uh, that's nice. <laughs> Um, is, is, that, is, that, is that what I can expect now that I work at a company that, that announced a gargantuan funding, Matt Ray? Is everyone just going to assume that we're all rich over here? Probably. I mean, you guys are a big company, though. There's like a couple thousand people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but we, 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 were, we got like lots of our money and stuff before the current round of uh, talking about lots of money. Ah, so the money, the money was already lined up. It just took a while to close. Oh no no! I mean the previous pivotal's been around for a while. Is my point? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's fresh news to people. <laughs> I even noticed that my pet peeve about pivotal coverage—I'm trying to say as many p words as I can. It would, like usually when people write up pivotal, they say we're a uh, a data analysis company, and they don't mention the whole rest of the company. But now I've noticed that most of the coverage has switched. They mention the uh, the software development part, and that we also do big data stuff. So that's that's fantastic. Since I work in that division, no silos, no silos. 
Wow. Um, sounds like the marketing people briefed everybody properly, right? Of course. <laughs> Lots of briefing. Lots, of, Lots briefing. of meetings back here. Yeah. Well, um, so I signed up for uh, Mesoscon at the uh, beginning of next month. Can Where's I, that going to be? It's going to be in Denver. Um, Ooh, Denver. Yeah. I'm going to pop I up. I haven't been to Denver in forever. Well, you can. Is go. this going to be a long layover on the way to Australia? Just no, I'm actually going to Australia before then. Um, I'm I'm oh. headed over to uh, Sydney, I guess on the 16th, and mm-hmm. I leave the 16th and get there on the 18th. So uh, yikes! Um, but uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be in Sydney for about a week to find a place to live, and uh, spent some some lovely time on the phone with an Australian bank yesterday. As they were trying to mail me <laughs> mail me documents for opening my account, I was like, uh, "Yeah, I'm not over there yet." So, oh yeah. So you're coming back. You're going to look for a house and then come back. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, wow. it takes a while to to find a place to live. Uh, meeting with a couple of partners and customers while I'm there. You know, got to make it worthwhile for me to be there. But uh, yeah, I'll be there a whole week. Now, Ray, um, this is really the most important thing is here. You're well on your way to executive platinum. I mean, let's, let's, let's talk about what's important here. Let's, let's yes. Probably, where are we at on the executive plan and watch? Like, I mean, we got to be almost just on the verge. Uh, well, I did. I did go ahead and bite the bullet and signed up for TripIt Pro. So I, yeah, I that seems, yeah, that seems long overdue. I mean, yeah, it is kind of overdue. Um, do, I got, you, do you find that useful? So I didn't think it would be useful, and I, I just signed up like last week, so it has yet to prove useful. But uh, one of the things it does is when you uh, upload your your flights to it, it ch- keeps checking the prices of your flights. And yeah. if they go yeah. down, it gives you the number to call and the script to use to ask for a refund for the difference. Ah. Yeah. And so one of my coworkers said, like, he saved, you know, 250 bucks on a flight already. And it's 50 huh. bucks for the year. And so, you know, it's paid for itself for the next five years. Um, Huh. So, you know, if you fly a fair amount, that to me, that sounds like a killer feature. Um, if, if it's flying on your own dime. Well, you probably bought the ticket in advance. Yeah, hopefully no one from Pivotal is listening. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. $50 million. OJ's flying yeah. first class. I like it. That's right. Sitting next to Vanna White. Oh, only. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess... I guess, um, yeah, if, if you're flying on your own dime, uh, you know, you get some of your own money back. So that, that, that's Now, does it do some sort of predictive analytics? Like you need to go on a mile run or like you might want to look into speaking at a conference in Poland by the end of the year. <laughs> like, like what, uh, how, I, I need some analytics that so help it, me like program my stuff. Like maybe you should fly through New York to go to San Francisco. Well, it, it does have a, a point tracker. And it mm-hmm. does give you warnings when your miles are going to expire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it told me that uh, uh, the the Delta account that I uploaded was useless because you hadn't flown on Delta for three years. Oh, <laughs> terrible, terrible. <laughs> Not really. I don't miss Delta. Um, but uh, you know, United, you got to keep poking it to keep those miles around. So yeah. Well, it's a big week. Lots going on. Yep. <sighs> yeah. So uh, I, I'm. I'm not exactly to executive platinum yet, so I'm slowly. Well, w- w- once you hit platinum, tell us that'll be that'll be a landmark, right? And and then uh, and and then we'll just start counting from there. We'll do a little a little shot clock. Isn't that what they call it to be all collegiate and sporty? I like it. Coach is on fire with the sports metaphors. Yeah, I mean, hanging out at the stadium all week. You know, I was gonna say it's like wow. I, I, they, they had some great statues there as, of, of, uh, of past coaches for, you know, back before they invented clever nicknames. Apparently, one of the coaches' nicknames was Tex. And he had a, <laughs> he had a tiny dog. There's a statue of him when you walk in there, and he's got like a tiny little pug dog. And I was just thinking, like, he looked like he was from like the 40s or 50s. Like, I can just imagine him running around with this cute little dog, like yelling at people. And they're like, I don't know, he's called Tex. <laughs> I, I think I think Cote learned from uh, from Ted Cruz. If you don't get your sports metaphors right, you lose big. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's right. 
<laughs> well, you know, I'll be I'll be at another DevOps days next week in Seattle. Oh, giving, wow. giving, I, for, I, I forgot that I'd done this, but I submitted an Ignite talk about thriving in a big company. So have you, you've given an Ignite talk, right, Matt Ray? Do you have any tips for me? Um, Ignites are one of the few formats that you practice. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I yes. you know, the, the Ignites, they, uh, the slides automatically fast forward 20 seconds, you know, every 20 seconds, so uh-huh. 20 slides in five minutes or something like that. Is that the right math? Do they have uh, some kit where I can set that up for myself to practice? Yeah, I think you can do that with preview. Um, I think you can mm. set it up. I, oh, I just set it up myself. Yeah. And, and my, my, my recommendation is uh, don't read off your slides. Um, yes. And uh, shoot for probably three or four sentences per slide. Like, you know, when, when you're writing the script out, because um, you kind of have to script it. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually did one of these way back. Remember the, the DevOps days in Silicon Valley that Dave Nielsen ran in the old Veritas building? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. That, yeah. I, I think I did one there. Yeah, anyways. But it'll be a good excuse to write to talk about something totally, uh, you know, non-tech world related, more so or less. So, what are you going to say, Kote? Is this the uh, like, don't do email? Or yeah, just you know, the old like, uh, a slide is actually a Word doc printed in landscape mode, and, and uh, how to think about what to do in a meeting. Mm, you know, just all those little tips I have for people, sort of like the the, the cynical person's guide to surviving in a large company. Okay. Don't, don't talk about TripIt Pro uh, with don't your expense account. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to spend my time on the phone with airlines, you know, getting $100 off my ticket or something, if that's yeah. how uh, the company wants me to spend my time. No yeah. problem. No problem. Um, another, on podcast. another Ignite uh, tip is if you have if you have something that can't fit in, you know, your fifteen seconds or twenty seconds, whatever it is, use the same slide twice. And that Whoa. Way, oh, and now you've just bought yourself, you know, double the time to talk, um, and nobody knows, you know. Now, is is it fair to just have seemingly related images fly by that you're not oh, really yeah. speaking to? Definitely, definitely. It's it's your chance to have a, a monologue with pictures. So maybe I'll go to my, my favorite source of clip art, which I try to use a lot, and just pick out some of the good ones in there. Oh, I've, I've got the camera turned off, but you know, it's got a lot of the, the silhouette of people like fist pumping, maybe even high-fiving, and those people who are standing all sassy on a field of binary. I like it. I like it. So, so you don't... Do you have a folder of, of, like, of stock art ready to go for presentations, or is that just me? I, I don't know if I have a folder. I just, it, it, it's so prominent in my mind that it's just like right at the front of my head. And, and then I can just go. It's also delightful to go search for it each time. <laughs> I'm going yeah, to need the, the, uh, the white and the non-white hand shaking. Yeah. I'm going to need that. And then maybe, maybe the one where there's a person's finger in the foreground and out of focus head in the background. Mm, that's, that's a classic. I, you know, the ones, I was going to say that I think some of the talks I've seen the best is where the slides really don't match the yes. presentation at all so like i think you need to start with just solid black background white letters that says like you don't need slides and then just let it go like 20 minutes and you can work in some like really funny stock art you know and then just I mean, just kind of keep going so that was sort of give you a natural usually get you a couple of free laughs at the beginning oh good yeah these are all good tips it's like i've already done the talk <laughs> Um, yeah, and also, hey, Warren Buffett today was quoted like he doesn't like PowerPoint because he thinks like mm-hmm. a lot of people are wasting time on PowerPoint. Which, of course, I love that. It's a lot of confirmation bias going on for me. But I was like, that would be a good way to work in there. It's like he's really rich. Normally, people that complain about PowerPoint are like people like me that not rich, not tremendously successful. I don't really have any you know basis to uh, to really make my arguments. But Warren Buffett really rich. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, but there's somebody. Like there, there's somebody richer than than him who really likes PowerPoint. Yeah, I mean, there's only like Gates and uh, maybe I, I think uh, Gates Zuckerberg like PowerPoint. guy, and you know, it's like so. Yeah, so maybe they like PowerPoint. But. How about okay, okay? Along those lines, how about this? How about this? I will print up a stack of like Amazon memos, and at the beginning of my night hike, I'll like pass them out and be like, the first thing we're going to do is read this memo because my understanding is that this is the the best way to perform and what you should be doing. I read it on the internet. <laughs> And I'll just wait a little while for people to pass it. I'll be like, like no, we're not going to do that because that is a stupid fucking idea. That does not happen in the real world. 
I don't know why. See, it's it's like you can't you that can't just do all these productivity things off the internet. All right, I, I, I have one one stock image to recommend, and you can search this for yourself. Burning tire fire swing. Mm. That's good. Burning tire fire swing. That can go uh, a lot of things right there. Yeah, it's uh, Sean Mouton had it as one of his ignites. Every every slide in his deck was a tire fire. And that was probably the best slide. Was the no? Don't you have some image where you're standing next to a tie fire, Matt Ray, on your Twitter account? <laughs> what What is that? No, uh, it's it's standing on a pile of rocks. Um, it's at the top of uh, some mountain in in uh, Colorado. Yeah, that's a good picture of the burning tire fire. <laughs> there's no tires, and there's nothing on fire. Yeah. It's just clouds and rocks. The swing. Yes. Oh, well, that one. Yeah. You have to put that in the show notes or put it in your deck even better. Um, so, hey, are you, are you ready to start recording so we can do this show? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little slow paced. That's all. That was a joke. <laughs> I'll edit that out. <laughs> all right. Um, <sighs> you know, I actually, if anyone... Uh, I have, I have two tickets to DevOps Day Seattle to give out in our sponsorship package. So, uh, you know, if someone, if someone wants to email between now and then, I could probably give you one. That's a giveaway. Oh, a giveaway. People like free stuff. Um, yeah. So speaking of the Amazon memo, what's, yeah. what's, this, uh, what, what's this little anecdote that you put in here? Oh, you should totally read that. Uh, so uh, there was... Um, uh, Jay, Jay Rouser on uh, Twitter. He's a, uh, he's one of the velocity chairs. Um, he, he told the story about, uh, this, this, uh, meeting at Amazon where they decided that, uh, it was a bunch of like, you know, directors and VPs or whatever. And they were talking about rewriting a service and how it needed to be rewritten. And, uh, uh Bezos, you know, was like, yeah, I hear what you guys are saying, you know, I'll be right back. And, you know, they kept arguing and a couple of minutes he comes back with a memo and hands everybody this two-page sheet. And uh, you should totally read it. Uh, it is, it is uh, it's just a two-page PDF about, um, re- about replacing things in theory versus actual implementation. And it was written by the, uh, the guy who ran the nuclear program for the U.S. Navy. And he's like, yeah, people think like, oh, yeah, nuclear reactor you know, we'll just replace it and it'll, you know, in theory, it'll work like this. And then, you know, the actual implementation is full of, you know, all sorts of workarounds and fixes and, you know, undocumented things, you know, that you know, are there because they found all sorts of edge cases that are dealt with. All and, right. You know, and so anytime you're thinking, oh, we'll just rewrite something, you know, you need to account for all the, the, uh, you know, uh, uh, known unknowns, I guess, or, yeah, it's it's a nice yeah, bit of you know. like like you said like I I think uh, I think Windows was famous for this where they would preserve bugs that had been written in previous versions, and so instead of fixing the bugs because people had relied on them and their software, they had to make sure that they preserved that behavior, exactly, guys and stuff they had, which yeah. which is uh, an astute realization to have, and also I mean it gets to be big and hairbally, but it also means your stuff works. Yeah, slap an API on it, call it as fast, you're done. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wonder, like, these anecdotes are always so like I don't know they're almost uh, like candy. They're good in the moment, but so I guess the the reverse question is like when is it time? Because I think everyone's been in a situation where a system is so kind of broken or uh, like scalability is a lot like this, right? You're just so hamstrung that to to actually go forward, you need to go back, and I think that's what. All the conversations I'm in or I've seen, right, are usually that's kind of what you're debating, right? Like most people will, I think most people experience will say, yeah, you know, rewriting this, even if it makes us feel good, we're going to miss some stuff. But there's also like another path. This maybe is the thing that can get us to the next scalability milestone or next future milestone. And we're going to have to do it eventually, right? So um, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's always interesting if Bezos went and got another memo. Like, there must be a two-page memo that says something about, like, yeah, built it, it's great. Like, everyone would be like, oh, that was a genius idea. Well, I, I'm sure the, the point was, you know, you can still do it if you think it's justified. But know what you're getting into. And, right. and so if people are like, oh, yeah, we should just rewrite it. You know, six months later, you have, you know, something that doesn't work 
as same as the old system and you know now you've wasted so much time i mean yes sometimes things have to get rewritten uh it's just matter no knowing you know when and uh, that's product management's problem right that's right. Well, no, I feel like the, uh, Jeff Bezos is like the new uh, Steve Jobs. Like, I just feel like, you know how like everybody in, in any company, like everyone quotes like the leader of the company when they're not around and nobody really knows what that guy's thinking or the woman's thinking. It's just like, everyone's just like, well, so-and-so said, and like, okay, I guess. Um, but I feel like Bezos plays that role for the entire industry. Well, Bezos would have done this. And I read a different article that was about the Amazon Echo and it's kind of talked about the Amazon Echo sort of like uh, emerge from the rubble of the Amazon phone and the Amazon Echo is sort of finding some real success and maybe being uh, the home automation platform, you know, see how it plays out. And a lot of people I know actually like it. And, and uh, but again, it was, they talk about Jeff Bezos and then the article is so funny because they quote about, man, we spent so much time like obsessing over every word Jeff Bezos said or what we thought he would do. We wasted a lot of time and work. And I was like, yeah, that's like pretty much what everybody does. You know, he's like just making up things. Um, so, so I think when you don't know the answer, you just kind of say, well, Bezos would have done this way and you'll probably be right. And no one will fact check you. And then you just do whatever you want. Until it gets to Bezos. See the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess if you're at Amazon, you can't yeah. do that. And at Amazon, it's documented. You know, you, you know, you're oh, like. No, I've done some digging. Every time I hear something, I try to go. I'm like, all right. So this is what I heard about the six-page memo. One, that it's not six pages. That you can have unlimited addenda, if that's the plural of addendums. Um, and uh, you can. That, that, if I started a uh, weekly journal, that's what it would be called. Unlimited <laughs> addenda. Um, <laughs> But that's what I heard is that, that most of these memos, and that's where all the PowerPoint and all the other crazy stuff goes, that they just add on these really long things so that it's not really just six pages. So, um, so the six pages is, is the abstract and everything else fills in there. Pretty much. But then you end up with all the stuff in the back that people can then, you know, argue about and, you know, right. and all that stuff. So I don't know. I mean, but again, someone from Amazon can correct me. But I, from people that have been there and told me, that is it. That's there's a different reality from what maybe we're told. Well, you know, it, it, so uh, I was saying that uh, uh, they had this this Professor Jeffrey Liker talk this morning, and he, that he had a pretty good talk, just about like he didn't really talk about software very much. It was more he's like just a big lean manufacturing person, and and as always with with lean, when people explain lean to you, it it solves a problem. I it solves kind of like the halo effect problem. That that sort of being. Well, if this is so awesome, how come everyone doesn't do it, right? Like, and, and it just sounds too simple and easy to be true. But he actually, in walking through how you apply things, it does look like a lot of work. It's, it's sort of like the equivalent of like, well, it's really easy to lose weight if you just do all this stuff that you really don't want to do, right? Like, and, and so, you know, he kind of explains the difficulty of it. But it does like... It, it, it highlights this thing of, of with, with the, uh, the six-page memo. Like, I think pretty much everyone agrees that sounds pretty awesome. And yet, like, no one does it. And, like, and, like it's weird. Like, I don't, I, I don't know why that is. Like, I, I, I don't think I've ever encountered someone who's like, no, I don't want to do that. That sounds stupid. <laughs> <rather than why." laughs> I think you like, probably get like, jaded people be like, yeah, that, that's too much work. Yeah, no, that's true. So there's, so, okay. So the first crunch is like laziness. Yes. And maybe that's the last one too. I mean, maybe it's just sheerly like my job is to get paid and not get fired. And, uh, well, maybe there's two kinds of laziness. Like I'm too busy to deal with that. And the, I'm just the Larry wall laziness. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but here, go through it. How long do you think it would take you to write a six-page memo about, you know, something related to your upcoming projects at work? Like, how much time and effort do you think it would take? Well, that is a good question that I can give an answer to because I have had to do both back right. in my, uh, across my career, especially when I was in corporate strategy at Dell. Sometimes you had to write a memo to send up the chain. Sometimes you had to do a PowerPoint. And 
I would say it's, it's hard to control for all the variability, right? Like, because if you just looked at the pure numbers, we spent way much more time on presentations, but that's because we did, we wanted to, right? Like, it's like, we've got a meeting in a month, let's get cracking. Whereas like the memos would be like, uh, I got this email from one of the big kahunas at 3am and we need to send them something in 24 hours to write a memo. Right. So it's a little artificially game, but just trying to remove that. I mean, I think, I think if you know what you want to say, doing a PowerPoint is a lot faster. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause as we were joking earlier, you, your pictures don't really have to match up to your words. <laughs> well, and, and, <laughs> and even if, even if, even if, as you should in a corporate setting, you want your, your slides to illustrate the points you're saying, it's pretty easy to get um, visuals and charts and things that match what you want. Right. Whereas a paper, uh, it does take longer to write because writing just is more labor intensive. And to toot my own horn a little bit, like I've spent the past decade plus like writing. So I'm very fast at writing. Like I just wrote a register article before this, just, you know, 850 words on change review boards because my life is thrilling. <laughs> but when I've observed other people writing, uh, it doesn't come easy to them at all. Like they're not, they, they, they don't have a structured process approach to doing it. So you'd have to train them up about here, here's what goes in the sixth page. Here's what the layout, the layout is and so forth and so on. So <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's clear that creating slides is easier. Yeah. But, but the question is, is it better? Right? Like it can be made better, but, but it seems like, uh, Writing a paper is more difficult, but the outcomes using your Warren Buffett long-term thing, the outcomes over the long-term will be better. Right. But I think that's why the people don't embrace it, right? It's like, is it's hard to envision a world, like especially everybody except Amazon isn't writing memos. So it's hard to envision a world where you're not going to get all this email and all these requests for like something very reactive, like, we need um, to put together the slides for the meeting on Monday, you know, and, you know, at that moment, if you said, okay, now you got to start writing a six page memo. I, I don't, to me, I think it would take me significantly longer, but I think the thinking, I do think it would drive more thinking and um, more strategy, but I don't think most people have a hard time believing that a, a company would reward that. That's where it's coming from. And I think that's why people are like, don't want to do it. Whereas most companies reward like, Quick turn on quick requests, right? That's most of the time. That's what I think most people are seeing in white collar work. So, so to Amazon's credit, right? They they do seem to embrace long term thinking from every phase of the company, from what I can tell. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say PowerPoint's probably an easier an easier plateau to reach, right? You're like, oh, I can get something serviceable out fast. Uh, in writing. If you, put, if you put something together fast, it can be really terrible. Um, yeah, yeah, and 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 before we go into recommendations, it was it was making me uh, muddle around with 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 another thing I struggle with that listening to to uh, the professor Jeffrey Liker talking, which is <clears throat> I I don't think most organizations see their mission as improving. Like their goal is to like always improve and do things better. Because, because a lot of what you read about in Lean is all about like putting in a systematic process for improving and making things better. But, but it, it strikes me that like that's not how most people think. Like they're, they're more oriented around like doing status meetings and making sure they're doing the things and following their practices and not like constantly studying and improving. Because it seems kind of exhausting. But who knows? <laughs> Maybe I just need coffee. Coffee's always So with that... Why don't, why don't we do our recommendations? All right. how, how about you start this week, Brandon? Yeah, well, uh, you know, this is, it's like a cliffhanger, right? As uh, 45 minutes ago, I said I would you know, give you a solution. <laughs> I was going to recommend uh, savefrom.net, which is a website where you can go enter URLs of uh, videos hosted on many popular sites, including YouTube and Demo and others, Demo rather. And others, and you can just download them. So it's great for if you're at a trade show or you're not going to be on the internet or you just want to keep this video on your local hard drive. It's a great way to get it. Um, I've used it. I like it. I think it works. It generally seems to work all the time, so I'm sure other people, uh, vendors can break it. But uh, they seem to do a good job keeping it up to date, so try it out. What's it called? Stave? 
Save from. So oh, save from. Savefrom.net. That's a that's a good tip. How about yourself, Matt Ray? Uh, I got two things I'd recommend. Um, the uh, Radiohead has a new uh, new single out, and there's rumors uh, an album's coming and a tour and all that fun stuff. But uh, the video's out. It's it's pretty freaky. It's a uh, uh, retelling of I guess the Wicker Man, the old horror movie, uh, only done with like children's animation. It's kind of freaky. I like it. Uh, it's a good song too. Um, and then uh, uh, another shout out to the DevOps Days Austin uh, folks. The, the speaker gifts are always nice. Um, this year they they're the uh, large Yeti tumblers. And uh, last year we got uh, some shot glasses. And uh, mm. one of the other years I got uh, the big Stein, uh, some backpacks, lots of liquor. Always yeah, they, they always give out nice gifts. They they gave out the uh, the I would call it the the midsize Yeti. You've got the tumbler, and then you've got the one they gave out, and then you have the Rambler. And Ooh. I've I've been wanting to get the size they gave out because I have the other two, and and now the uh, my collection is complete. <laughs> <laughs> you know the problem with the Yeti things is is they have a hole in the top, and so you can't really like fling it about carelessly. So okay. I, I never take it traveling. Because, like, you know, you're going to want to put it in the back seat of the, of the uh, not the air conditioner, the airplane, or put it in your bag. But they do have the uh, a screw-on-top bottle thing, which I'm hoping I'll get for Father's Day. That's that's what I'm gunning for. Well, Mother's Day is coming up, so, you know, you can get one for, for the, the mother in your life and borrow it. Oh, yeah, PSA, <laughs> Mother's Day is this weekend. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up, people. <laughs> Good luck. Well, hopefully we'll see you next week. Yep. Anyways, I've got a few recommendations. I don't usually like refer to my other stuff, uh, you know, except, well, directly at least, indirectly all the time. But I, I recorded on my on one of my other podcasts, Lords of Computing, this interview with uh, a guy at Express Scripts, this Brian Gregory guy, and he's he's just a very uh, a very good talker about how he's doing transformation and doing all sorts of new wacky stuff at Express Scripts. So it's a good example of, of just mainstream companies doing things. And what we do in that podcast, I do it with this other guy, Matt Curry uh, from Allstate. And we basically just try to interview people kind of what I was consternating about, right? Like, so if all this stuff sounds wonderful, how come everyone doesn't do it? And how are you uh, trying to do changes there? And anyways, I think it's a good episode. If you just go to lordsofcomputing.com, you can find it, but I'll put a link in the show notes. And then just two quick ones. I, uh, I've been holding off reading that Elon Musk books by Ashley Vance because I don't really like biographies, but it was $1.99 the other day, Whoa. so I bought it. And it's actually pretty good that Ashley Vance is a good writer. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I'll give you a third recommendation. There's, there's an animated picture of my old boss, James Governor, on an Apple Watch flying out of an explosion that uh, is worth your time looking at. <laughs> so always... As always, this has been Software Defined Talk. You can find us at softwaredefinedtalk.com and you can get the show notes at cote.io slash sdt62. I'll put a link to a bunch of uh, promotional conference discounts. You can get discounts at like DevOps Day Seattle, Minneapolis, the Cloud Foundry Summit, and even OSCON that's coming in Austin. You get 30% off of that. And there's a bunch of other nonsense well, free O'Reilly books and things you can get if you go to cote.io slash promos. And we'll see everyone next time. Bye.